we were at first very surprised that anyone would want to do this for us. I was part of the reentry program. Um, after a while, now going to the into the jail teaching the class myself. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. This episode of In the Know is about how community colleges are leading the way in prison education. I'm not going to say too much at the beginning because my colleague Allison Beer gives a thorough introduction, but this panel had a lot of fantastic information and a couple of truly inspiring individuals. This is part one of a two-part episode. Hi everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Allison Beer. I'm with ACCT. Thank you all for joining us for our In the Know session on how community colleges are leading the way on higher education in prison programs. We're, today our session is going to be talking about how community colleges are offering these programs in their communities and how ACCT has been advocating with the help of all of you and all of our partners to remove federal bans on financial aid for prison education programs. We'll discuss the Second Chance Pell program. Uh, we'll hear from community college leaders who are spearheading these efforts in their communities. And we'll also hear from former students of college and prison programs and how these educational experiences have transformed their lives and the impacts in their communities. With that, I'm going to hand this over to Brian Walsh from the Vera Institute of Justice who will be leading our panel today. Thanks very much, Allison. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. This is a very uh, exciting time for prison education and for community colleges, and we're going to be taking some time today to have a discussion about how uh, community colleges and education in prisons and engaging with the criminal justice system can be tr transformative for both the students, uh, the community, and the college campus itself. Uh, I'm going to start by just having each of the panelists briefly introduce themselves and then talk about sort of the current state of education, and then we'll get right into our discussion. So to my left, why don't you start, Albert? My name is Albert Yancey. I served 27 years, five months, and one day in prison. I was recently released February of 2019. I attended Alvin Community College while I was incarcerated. I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, but I was raised a majority of my youth in Victoria, Texas, and this is where I went to prison at the age of 17 years old. I'm Renato Sanchez, and um, I'm a former inmate, former gang member, now a second year student in the Human Services Program through their reentry program at Skagit Valley College. And um, yeah, um, Hey, it works. Colleges work. <laughs> Hi, my name is Norma Kumpian, and I spent 18 years incarcerated. Um, I came home about eight years ago, and thanks for having me. I'm Bob Ryan. I'm a trustee at Tacoma Community College in Tacoma, Washington, and um, I've gotten to work there with uh, the prison uh, education programs for s several years. I'm Steve Grabowski. I'm a, uh, board on the Board of Governors for Metropolitan Community College in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we're, the metro area is where we, uh, part of it is. I've been on the board for 13 years. 
I'm currently the chair, and prior to my, uh, or even during my life as a board member, I was a deputy sheriff for 35 years. So uh, I, I'm coming at this from a, a law enforcement type perspective, but not, not the type of perspective you may think that I'm coming at it with. So that's who I am. Thank you all for joining me today and uh, for your willingness to share your thoughts on this subject. I, I want to set the context for all of you. Uh, first, just ask by show of hands, how many of you uh, are at a college or, or that has a prison education program? Could you just raise your hand? Excellent. Okay, so many of you have uh, had these programs. And so how many of you do not have an education program in the prisons? Okay, so many of you don't have education programs in prisons. Great. So. Uh, I hope today to inspire you to think about how your college can get involved in this field. And if you already have an education program and you're working in your prison, uh, perhaps offer some ideas for how, um, how to expand those, those opportunities. So first, let's look at how community colleges are leading the way in prison education. Um, the, the one thing that you should know is since 2016, the Second Chance uh, Pell Experimental Sites Initiative has been going on through the Department of Education, the U.S. Department of Education. And what this experiment did is it waived the ban on the use of Pell Grants in prisons. There are many, many ways to fund higher education and post-secondary education in, in prisons. And I want to just say that when I say post-secondary or higher education, I mean the whole gamut of, of programs, from vocational programs to academic uh, degrees, from applied associate degrees to bachelor's degrees. It's really hard to, to, narrow, to, to talk in a narrow, um, in narrow terms here, especially when we're talking about community colleges, because as you know, you offer many multiple pathways. Um, and in, in this case, in this experiment, that's what, uh, what we're seeing. So what the experiment did is it waived the Pell Grants, and by doing that, um, it made it possible to have community colleges and universities and colleges find a funding source to pay that tuition. And so that it wasn't all on self-pay by wealthier uh, incarcerated people, and it wasn't on uh, the state entirely to pay for it, and it wasn't on the Department of Corrections or on private philanthropy. And so this be became a new source of funding for, um, for the country. And the Vera Institute of Justice, which is based out of New York, we are a justice, uh, we like to call ourselves a criminal justice uh, change agent. We look at all different aspects of, of the criminal justice uh, field, uh, and we provide technical assistance to colleges, um, and some of the colleges here at this table, we provide assistance to them to help them figure out how to do this better and how to expand their programs. And then briefly, the, the cost of this program was initially estimated to be about $30 million per year. Uh, and that, it turned out that that wasn't the case because it took a lot longer to ramp up colleges uh, than, than expected. And it ended up over the first two years, about $38 million of uh, federal Pell Grant funding was injected into your colleges, community colleges and, and universities, to help pay the tuition and, and costs for these students. We've had um, over 60 colleges operate, about 65 colleges are, are currently operational. We've had uh, over 11,000 students per year, which is really remarkable because what that is, it's larger than uh, we've ever had in prisons uh, operating, uh, having access to education, college level education ever. It's higher than the number of people that were uh, participating in higher education prior to the ban. Uh, and what it really demonstrates is the need within our prisons to provide education. There is both, um, uh, there's a, a demand by students who see this as the way out for them. 
and then finally, we've had thousands of degrees. This is the we, we have a thousand plus credentials, and that was through the uh, through uh, 2018, and we're just collecting data now in 2019. So, but I, I think you know numbers are one thing, but what what we'd really like you to hear today is the the stories and the and the vision and um, the impact that the, that education has uh, for students and for trustees. So we're going to turn now to uh, our discussion. Um, what I'd, I'd like to just have our two trustees uh, describe how their college is currently engaging with the the um, with the prison system how your educational programs, what kinds of things you're doing, and just give some context for, content for those, um, those colleges, those individuals who may not realize what's, uh, what's available. Uh, well, I'll start. Um, Tacoma Community College is one of eight uh, colleges in the state of Washington that offer uh, education in the, in the prisons. Um, for TCC, we, have, we provide uh, programs at the Washington Corrections Center for Women and Mission Creek Correction Center uh, to, that are close by our, relatively close by our campus. Um, Washington Correction Center for Women, or WCCW, is the primary uh, correction center for women in the state of Washington. It has about a thousand uh, population, and we have roughly 300 students there at any particular time. Um, Mission Creek is a little more problematic for us. It's more of an out-processing uh, facility, and so we have, we have tried to do um, programs there, but their um, incarcerated persons are being transferred uh, for whatever reason at different times, and so that's, it's been more problematic, but we offer a number of different programs. We offer uh, high school education programs, uh, GED programs, uh, up to and including associates programs uh, in a wide range of areas. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a real, um, well, it's been an education for me learning about all of this because the, the programs don't get a lot of publicity, I think, in the state of Washington. Uh, it was just, I think, two years ago that in the state of Washington where uh, incarcerated persons were allowed to get a, a certificate or a degree, actually, while they, they were incarcerated. So it's been, uh, the, we've been getting great response. Um, the Department of Corrections really uh, appreciates the uh, students being involved in the education. It changes the nature of the uh, population uh, in the prison and it changes how those um, that population relates to their family their extended family and then when of course when they do uh, get out of prison uh, the the recidivism rates are dramatically lowered dramatically lowered uh, the the statistics I heard um, coming from one of the former inmates was if you complete a high school degree in, while you're in prison, your chances of repeating are 30% less. If you complete a two-year degree, your chances of repeating are 50% less. And if then subsequently you go out and complete a four-year degree, there is no chance that you'll be repeating. 
So those are dramatic <coughs> Im impacts for us. So that's for a Tacoma Community College, and for me personally, that makes the difference. And Steve? For, uh, in Nebraska, we have classes inside the prison, we have classes outside the prison. We're currently in eight of the 10 prisons in Nebraska. Um, the main things that, that we decided to work on in, inside were the trades, business and entrepreneurship, information technology, and college and career prep. And the reason they selected these is these were readily available careers or educational pathways for people who may have a criminal background. And so it makes it easier for them to go out and to try to find a job a lot quicker. Part of what I did too while I was in 35 years of law enforcement, I ran our jail for six and a half years. So I had some firsthand knowledge about people getting educated, people wanting to get educated, and the recidivism rate of them after they were uh, educated or somewhat educated. Uh, a prison system and a, and a county jail system or a jail system are really uh, entirely different. Uh, the average length of stay in my jail at the time was only 11 days. But a, a prison is, is a longer sentence all the time. So the, the educational programs were a little bit different in, in the programs. The, the part that we have found really well is the incarcerated students across five prisons hold a cumulative 3.5 grade average with a completion rate of over 90%. So they want to learn. There is nothing in there that says that they're taking, some of them will try to game the system at times to take a class so they can get out of doing something else or get able to do something else. But by far, the majority is people that want to learn, want to get an education, and want to better their lives and, and their families' lives. We've had a lot of manufacturing uh, education at, at our OCC, the Omaha Correctional Center, which is a part of the, uh, the state pen. They um, <coughs> our manufacturing people go there to try to find people that are work, work ready when they get out. It may not sound like a good thing, but when they get out, they want to go to work. They don't want to sit around. They don't want to get back in with who they got in with before. They want a whole new set of skills. They've earned a whole new set of skills, and they've learned that set of skills. So we can take them to uh, a manufacturing. We've got a, a large uh, manufacturing plant, Lozier, that manufactures shelving and things for stores worldwide. So they'll take anybody that we get, and they really like to have someone who's been incarcerated because they understand what it is to need a job and to be able to go out and work. So we have found, and the other part that, our, the lady that runs ours is a Diane Good Collins. She's a tremendous, tremendous lady that works with the everybody. She's a, a former inmate herself, and she knows how to run that program, and she knows when to help, and she knows when to maybe not help and let them kind of go on their own. So she's, she's good, but one thing that she told me is, is that the diversified manufacturing students at OCC are testing in the top four percentile of certified production technicians, a national certification that leads to gainful employment from 15 to $31 an hour. Now I know $31 an hour is probably the max, but anywhere 20 to $25 an hour is a good paying job and almost a living wage in most places. So our program works and we, as a trustee and former law enforcement officer, I support it 
a million percent. Greatest thing that we've had going at Metro for quite a while. Thank you, Steve. Norma, um, <clears throat> I'm going to turn now as, as a student for, for each of you to talk about how college and, um, and your experience in college and prison and, and perhaps afterward. Each have some time to, to talk about that and share with our audience. Go ahead, Norma. Okay. Start. Yeah. Um, LOL, I sat here intentionally so I would be last of the three of us. <laughs> so right now I'm like, I can't even believe this. Yeah, this is hilarious. But anyways, that's what I get. That's what I get. <laughs> um, so uh, when our college program, I was involved in the first ever uh, program inside the women's prison at CIW in Chino, uh, California. And at that time, politically, it was a lot different than it is today. But at that time, there was n nothing for us, especially those of us like myself who had a two-life sentence. We were told that we would never go home that unless it was in a pine box. So you have to understand the, that culture first and to live like that in that way to understand how much this meant to us. And it, we were at first very surprised that anyone would want to do this for us. We had our little meetings together and we're like, do you think it's really true? Do you think they're really, some, and then people would say, I talked to my brother and he says they're legit. You know, and someone else, well, I said, I saw that they are legit. And so this was, um, it was a very, very big deal to us because it was too much to take on going into a prison. It was too much for volunteers. They had to leave, they couldn't handle it. So to have this program come in and to say that you matter, that we believe in you, that we think that you're redeemable, that we believe you're coming home one day, it gave us just this hope, but also exactly what he was, what the man at the end was talking about, that we had such this desire to prove that we were worthy of this education, that we didn't want them to think it was a mistake. We we're very aware of who was coming behind us and to give other women a chance. So we were extra, we tried extra hard. And um, one, one of the funny things that happened, there was this, we, we would do in person once in a while and then usually over video but sometimes the video was with another classroom, but we couldn't see them. So it was, it was us in the background, and then we would see the teacher doing the lesson. And one time, people, when some of the students were saying something, he said, you know what? My CIW people don't act like this. I, I can't believe this. This is just ridiculous. And we were like, yay, like we're, we're doing something great. Um, it, was, it was hard, too, to get the culture to change, so the, the guards, it was hard for them to um, understand that this wasn't, uh, you know, some stuff that you see in the movies. I was talking to a man earlier today that was a prosecutor, and we were, we were both, uh, talk I was talking about me being in prison and him being a prosecutor and having sent people to prison, and um, we both agreed that it's mostly really good people who, at, at usually at a young age, made a couple of really dumb mistakes. And that's what prison is full of, even though movies will tell you differently. There's, it, it, it's not. It is amazing, lovely people that made some mistakes. And they are just asking for another chance to do it right and to give back more than what they took. 
and, and college really affords people that opportunity. So thanks. Uh, thank you, Norma. I just I also want to give you a chance just to very briefly say what you do now. Oh, so so today uh, I work at the Anti-Recidivism Coalition. We are a group in Los Angeles. We're founded by this is also funny, um, the producer of the Hangover movies, <laughs> Scott Budnick. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's he's actually a really nice guy, and he has stopped making those movies. <laughs> he's he stopped. He actually his next movie he he's left ARC and he's at a movie company. He started his own movie company, but he's now doing social justice stuff. He's making his amends. And he um, is, his movie's coming out, I think it's in January, and it's Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be, it's really good. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to be good. So look at that one. Don't, don't go back and look at the hangovers, please. I'm sorry. Um, and so what we do is we give services to people coming home from incarceration. And we also go back inside and bring services. And we also do housing, a little bit of housing, um, and we do policy work to try to change some of the laws that were done in the 90s when it was a little crazy. We're trying to kind of bend back. And we started a program there uh, earlier this year, Women in Non-Binary Services, and, and I lead that, or that part of the organization. Thanks, Norma. So thank you. Okay, Hinaro, I'm assuming that you didn't Want to sit there to be last also. <laughs> you can pull the microphone close so they can, yeah. So if you can talk about your experience and your um, in, in, and how you came to the community college. So my, my experience Make sure you is, speak uh, close, yeah. It's been good, I mean, really good. My, um, actually I, I got out and wasn't introduced to, to the program until five years later after I had done more crimes and once I hit rock bottom, I need to change. And I didn't know how to do it. So I just started changing myself. And mm, somebody told me about, about the reentry program that would help me. And I was like, well, if it was there before, how come it introduced me to them, you know? And so I was pretty mad about that. But once I got in there, um, I felt nervous to go into school. I didn't know if they were going to reject me or, or not help me or what. But once I, I once I got there, they embraced me, and they helped me. They even tutored me, and, and people with that program, former inmates are the ones that that got me going every day, you know. And um, I was part of the reentry program. Um, after a while, now going to the into the jail, teaching the class myself, um, getting the inmates ready for when they go to prison, keep on learning, or when they get out, you know keep motivating them. And we started a, a mentor committee um, that helps them find the resources they need after they get out, not just leave them alone. And it's, it's just telling me a lot because it's, it's opened up my mind to, to something that I never thought I would do. And it's, it's um, how can I put it? Um, it's, it's a life-changing experience that I could help others move forward when I couldn't help myself years ago. And now that I could do it, I, I love it. And I'm, every inmate that, that calls me, I get two calls a, a day from prison of inmates trying to get into the program. And we just, start, we just start that program, that process, and once they get out, 
um, they they keep on going because they, that program really helps them um, open their horizons. So they never criminals think or prisoners think that that's all they know. But once you get them with that education, um, they, it opens up a whole lot of other things that they could do once you give them that chance. And sometimes they don't have that chance. Hinara, I want to ask a follow-up question. You and I spoke about this. What was it like when you um, decided to move from uh, your gang life to college life? How, how did people respond to you? It, at was, that? it was hard. I, I, um, I lost a lot of friends, a lot of family, and I got threats saying that, you know, why do this? You're just hurting our, our gang, you know? You're hurting us, you're, you know? And it wasn't about them. It was, it was time for me to change and give back to the community. And, and to my family, and um, good thing I didn't listen to them because now, now I'm moving forward. Now the same people that threatened me are embracing me. How they looked up to me how, for who I was, and now they look up to me for what I'm doing, and they they they're following me. You know, they're they're following somebody that that's helping the community build up instead of build down. Thank you. This has been part one of a two-part episode. Make sure you subscribe so you're notified when we release part two next week. We'll pick up with Albert's story. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.